0: Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast. All about the CFL Team Awards and how Andrew Harris was not nominated for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Most Outstanding Canadian Award. Bob Irving talks about why he did decide to vote for Andrew Harris for the award. Kirk Penton explains the view from around the league. And also the MJHL Report. We'll check in with Kevin Surrett on the parody in the league so far. That's on the podcast. The big news today. Is the CFL teams revealing their award nominations across the league here in Winnipeg? Willie Jefferson, the team's most outstanding player, and a unanimous selection as most outstanding defensive player. Mike Miller, most outstanding special teams player. Stanley Bryant, most outstanding offensive lineman. Kenny Lawler, the outstanding rookie. But Mike Miller was also the most outstanding Canadian player. And that's because out of Winnipeg's five voters, only two of them voted for Andrew Harris. One of those voters is our very own Bob Irving, who joins us now on the sports show. Bob, uh, it's been a day, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it has.
2: Typically, uh, Christian, when the club nominees are announced, uh, you know, there's some buzz, but there's no controversy as a rule. It's uh, usually uh, predictable who the teams are going to nominate, and there may be some kind of toss-ups, I guess, in some areas. For example, this year, uh, yeah, I think there was a real toss-up between Andrew Harris and Willie Jefferson for most outstanding player. Uh, but yeah, what happened today is it created buzz across the Canadian Football League. And it's all to do, as you know and the listeners know, with the fact that Andrew Harris did not get the Bomber nomination as most outstanding player. Jefferson got that, no there, But also, he didn't get the most outstanding Canadian nod.
0: And That's because of the five voters. You and Mike O'Shea voted for Andrew Harris. The other three did not That'd be Ted Wyman of the Sun Jeff Hamilton of the free press and Darren bombing of TSN radio and We've heard their arguments Ted Wyman was on with rich and Julie earlier today your defense of why you voted for Andrew Harris
2: yeah, I don't even know if it's a defense. It's just my sort of my position and what I feel is the right thing to do. And I've said this all along that uh, I feel Andrew paid the price for his crime, uh, which was testing positive. He had a two-game suspension, lost a couple of game checks, had his image tarnished, uh, and then returned to action. And to me, the book was closed. And uh, I voted on his body of work this year, and, and I didn't hold the – a positive drug test against him. That's just the way I viewed it. I I tended to believe him when he told his story at the time, and I wasn't going to go back on that. Uh, And, you know, plain and simple, I felt he deserved to be the club's uh, top Canadian, and so I voted for him, and I thought he'd been punished enough with the suspension and all the kind of the negative stuff that uh, followed that, and I just uh, didn't see any, any need to sort of throw him further into this abyss of uh, discussion about you know did he did he cheat or did he not uh, you know I guess that's a debate that will rage on forever, but for me it was it was old news, and I thought he deserved a nomination simple as that, and I also believed him, and I said it at the time when he he said he took a, a a supplement that obviously was tainted and he didn't intentionally put a performance enhancing drug in his system uh, I said I believed him. And I could hardly say I believe the man and not vote for him. That would be hypocritical. So uh, that's my case, plain and simple.
0: And so the opposite argument then that there can't be a precedent set for somebody who gets suspended for, uh, for drugs to be able to be eligible for an award. What do you say to that?
2: Well, I stand the argument
0: for
2: sure enough to, to see that side of it. Uh, I don't know about the fact that there can't be a precedent set. I think you know, all situations are different. And uh, this is unusual in the Canadian Football League, for sure. It's uh, it's kind of groundbreaking territory where a player was suspended for a drug violation and then was a, a legitimate candidate to be a nominee for an outstanding player award. I can't remember it ever happening before. So it's kind of uncharted territory. But uh, I just didn't to consider that to be a, a major issue not in my mind anyway as I say I thought that Andrew had paid a price uh, and that uh, the season he had and I guess it, to some degree too and I said this earlier Christian the guy that I've come to know I know all about his career I knew uh, you know his story in Vancouver but watching him here in Winnipeg the last three years uh, see how dedicated he is how hard he works what a great team guy he is how he's admired by his teammates how As Doug Brown has said, he's trained with him for years, and there's never, ever been even a hint that, uh, you know, he would be involved in any performance-enhancing situation. All those things entered into my thought process, and uh, at the end of the day, I just, I could vote for him and and do it without uh, any second thoughts.
0: So fair to say, if Andrew had received this nomination, though, across the country, I would have had a lot of doubt that, he would have been given the league-wide award for either MOP or most outstanding Canadian, right? Do you agree? No, I'm.
2: Yeah, know I'm sure he wouldn't have got out of the West. Uh, my guess is there are enough people in the other cities who certainly wouldn't have voted for him. Chris Cuthbert, interesting, tweeted today mm-hmm. that he was very disappointed that Andrew Harris. So, I mean, the views across the league, he was disappointed that Harris didn't get the nomination. Viewed across the league, across the league would be different, and there's certainly be enough people who. You know, would not vote for him. That I I think it's quite likely he wouldn't have got out of the out of the West. But again, you know, when you factor in the the fact that those of us in Winnipeg uh, know him a little better than some of those people do, and know what he's about and and all the rest of it, you know, um, I had no compunction again about uh, voting him out of Winnipeg. I think he deserved it. I really do, and I'll never change my opinion on that. And and those who didn't vote for him, I guess, will never change their opinion either. So there you go. We're we're all entitled to see this the way we see it but he's had a brilliant season and i thought he should be rewarded for it after being punished for an indiscretion
0: i guess it really comes down to whether you th- you know you say punish- the punishment was enough and then the other side says well we can't reward somebody if, you know this is a tarnished season for him and there is legitimacy yeah. to both sides and i think this is one of th- sometimes you know there are maybe not as much as we think there is, but certainly right now, this is an issue that is almost, from what I've seen online, truly split. There are a lot of people on both sides that passionately agree with one side and passionately agree with the other. And I think it's interesting to see that both sides have, I think, a lot of good points.
2: Yeah, they do. And I think, though, in, in Winnipeg, based on what I've seen on Twitter and some of the responses I've had on email, although uh, one guy called me a morally bankrupt idiot. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) which I'd never been called before, by the way. So you can see the kind of passion that this, that this issue uh, creates. Um, So, yeah, there's arguments on both sides. I think most of the Winnipeg fans, most of the bomber fans, most of them, not all, but most of them would, would side with Andrew Harris based on what I've seen. That's the case. I think it's a little sanctimonious and self-righteous to, you know across your arms and sit back and say oh well, i can't vote for andrew harris uh, you know he cheated well we don't know that he cheated i guess if you believe, the, the test would say he did uh, but if you're prepared to believe in the reasonable doubt fact and and maybe believe the story he told which i am then uh, you know again i go back to what i've been saying all along here christian i just uh, i could not bring myself to not vote for this man Based on what I've seen this year and what I know about him, and yes, what he did uh, was wrong in the sense that he's responsible for what he puts in his body, and he said that himself at the time. So you know, there's no excuse, I guess, for that. Uh, But again, I you know, I just refer constantly to the fact that uh, I just don't think he would have intentionally done that. Uh, That's me. Uh, Others don't agree. Fine, they're they're entitled to their opinion, but that's me. And so I voted the way I believe.
0: Now, Andrew Harris, you know, he carries a lot of chips on his shoulder. We won't hear from him until the bye week is over. But is it possible that this motivates him even more than anything before it could have as they get ready to go on a playoff run here?
2: Well, he'll certainly be more motivated than ever. And I, as you say, I don't know how he could ever have a larger chip or be more motivated than he is and always is and always has been given some of the you know hurdles he had to clear in his life to get where he is, which is really uh, one of the all-time great players in the Canadian Football League. So, my guess is, and I, I haven't talked to him. I, you know, I'm not close to Andrew in any sense. I, <laughs> I don't know where he lives. He's not a buddy of mine. But my guess is uh, he would be a little upset about this, although I don't think he'd be totally shocked either, because no. you know he, he knows that he knows the reality of uh, what some people out there have been thinking. So I'll be a little disappointed that voters in Winnipeg who know him best uh, wouldn't uh, get him out of, out of our city, but uh, yeah, it'll stoke his fire. Oh, for sure. It'll stoke his fire. But again, I don't know how much more it needed stoking. The guy, you know, the guy plays the same way all the time. Christian, He plays, you know, like a man possessed, he plays with great energy and drive and hustle and, Uh, You know, he's assignment sound and all that stuff, so I don't know how much more you can amp up a guy who's already amped up every time he steps on the field.
0: Well, Bob, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me on on your bye week, and we'll catch up with you next week.
2: And as Bill Belichick would say, we're now moving on to the semifinal, whoever they're playing.
0: All right. Thanks, Bob. (laughs) Okay, Christian. The news from the CFL that Andrew Harris... Has not been nominated for Winnipeg's most outstanding player or Canadian award. Has not enough people here voted for him, which kind of takes some weight off of the national voters who may have had to make that decision. And so we bring in our friend Kirk Penton, who writes for the Athletic about the CFL. Kirk, how are you tonight?
1: Very good. Star of the Scrum Lurkers. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> good. Thank you very much. I go to one. <laughs> I get. I, I've only been to one Jets game this year, and of course, I get into Scrum Lurkers. It's. It's just I've got a, a, I've I'm got a, a knack.
1: Christian. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> He's awesome. There he is.
0: There's the face. So <laughs> now, now that I'm on that, I, I, I need to be very aware of the ties I wear. I should wear, wear very yes. good ties. I was wearing a lobster tie for uh, well, for that one. So anyway. Cool. There you go. So the uh, Andrew Harris situation here, we talked about it uh, earlier on this year about how this decision might end up having to be made by the national voters, and we didn't think it would. The, he would get the votes, but are you surprised that it didn't even get out of Winnipeg?
1: Um, not really. I, to be honest, I'd had some chats with people who I know in Winnipeg and some of them are voters. And I kind of got the feeling beforehand that, uh, it wasn't going to happen, that there were going to be enough of them who didn't vote for him. So, um, originally when it happened, I thought he was going to get out of Winnipeg, but, uh, yeah, that's changed. And, uh, And now you're right. The national voters don't have to worry about it.
0: Do you have a side that you're on? Um, I agree
1: with what came down today. And, uh, you know, my former colleague, Ted Wyman, I think, put it best when he said that uh, you look at every other league, NFL, all these other leagues, if you get suspended for anything like this and whether he did it intentionally or not, maybe we'll never know it uh, it it disqualifies them from receiving individual awards. And the CFL does not have that policy, but I don't blame those guys for going ahead and kind of following in, you know, walking in step with those leagues. And uh, I just think that the uh, optics would not have been good. I mean, um, they're trying to sell this league, right, around the world. They have this CFL 2.0 going. And... Uh, I think it's good for PR that that he isn't, because if you know he did have an outstanding year, and he could easily win it, and uh, if if there was a guy who was suspended for taking performance-enhancing drugs, what would that look like? So, I I think uh, I think they got it right.
0: I've been racking my brain to try to think of a precedent for this, where uh, you know we see drug suspensions all the time, but rarely is it the guy who may have been the best player in the right. league the year that he gets caught, right? We've seen in baseball, yeah. you know, years past, you know, people get the MVP and then a couple years later, it finds out they were yeah. on drugs like Ryan Braun or Mark McGuire, those kind of people, yeah. but... In it, front of Congress. Yeah, well, the base- yeah, baseball's been a bit of a, a gong show. That football is kind of rare, right. uh, but we, yeah. I mean, maybe that's part of why this is so complicated and why there is a legitimate uh, back and forth, and there are a lot of people on both sides of this, and I think a lot of people in Winnipeg, on the side of Harris, maybe simply because they are in Winnipeg and they watch him and they know him and they feel like, you know, he's a part of this place outside of the city. I'm assuming that more people are on the side of he shouldn't be allowed to get an award.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, there's going to be bias in sports. Of course, everybody has their favorite teams, favorite players. And you see all these polls that I've seen a lot of people do polls over the last few months regards to this and, outside of Manitoba, he, he's never, he's never been given the, uh, the support of the fans who voted. So um, it, uh, I mean, both sides, I mean, it, it is, it's, you could have voted for him. It's, it, it, it's not, there's nothing in the rules that said they couldn't have. And, and he did serve his suspension. I know Bob is uh, Bob Irving is said today on Twitter that he voted for him and he gave his reasoning and that's fine reasoning too. So, it uh it's a tough subject and yeah that's that's i wrote about it in my column the, the week it happened how how strange it is cuz we've never seen anybody at the top of their game get suspended like this it it's very very strange and the fact that cfl didn't have any policy made it even uh, more of a talker should he or shouldn't he and uh and now now that part's over there's it's time to move on and play some playoff games now
0: And interestingly, across the league for the most outstanding players, it's just been the season that it's been with so many quarterback injuries that we see a lot of receivers getting their team's nomination. Vernon Adams, Cody Fajardo are the only quarterbacks to get the nods. A lot of buzz about Brandon Bakes. Do you think he's a slam dunk winner for most outstanding player? I
1: think I think he is, especially the way he's finished the year. I mean, he's had some very big games. Yes, he gets to play against some of the dogs in the East, which helps his cause for mm-hmm. sure. But um, yeah, when you look at the the guys out here in the West, I mean, Reggie Bagleton to me has had just a tremendous year. Fajardo came on late. You know, he he's won the most games in the league, so you got to give him that. But um, I wouldn't say he's been outstanding. And uh, Brandon Banks is just going to walk all over the competition. I I don't see any way that he does not win this award.
0: Sorry, I, I omitted Trevor Harris. He was picked as the Edmonton uh, yeah. most outstanding player, despite the fact that he missed four games because of injury. That's just exactly. Every team's got to have <laughs> one. Crazy. Just like Ottawa's got Avery Williams because somebody had to be chosen by Ottawa. Uh, Willie Jefferson, staying with Winnipeg here, was chosen as the most uh, outstanding defensive player and most outstanding player for the Blue Bombers. Uh, What is his main competition uh, in terms of most outstanding defensive player in the CFL?
1: Um, I don't know if he's... I mean, Simone Lawrence, one of my insiders in my column today said that Simone Lawrence is the best defensive player in the league. He got suspended. He's had a pretty good year. And he also got suspended. We're we're developing a theme here, Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you know, he definitely has that reputation. And that probably isn't going to win him many votes outside of Hamilton again. So it's looking pretty smooth for Mr. Jefferson, who who did have an outstanding year and I think would be very deserving of the... uh, the most outstanding defensive player. He's he's just a unique talent that probably shouldn't be playing in this league, to be honest with you, given his size and his uh, wingspan. I I just I'm I'm not sure why he's not dancing. But uh, the Bombers are quite happy that he's mm, in Winnipeg.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, moving on to this last weekend of the CFL season, we you know we've we've talked a few times about how this West race is going to be great. We have one day left really and we still don't know who's playing yep. in the west semifinal. where it's going to be it could be in one of three cities Has it lived up to your expectations down the stretch here
1: oh absolutely these three teams have been going at it that uh that winnipeg win over calgary you know kept uh kept the party going as far as not knowing what was going to happen so uh yeah the fact that two teams have to go out and win on uh, saturday is is great for this league and uh I mean, it's going to make for great – it's going to be an interesting study for me, too. I mean, it's going to be a great West Division playoffs, but, you you know, Hamilton has really asserted itself in the East, and it just looks like there's no stopping them to get to the Grey Cup. And it's going to be interesting to see – the team that comes from the West is going to be really cooking because they're going to have to – you know, maybe the first-place team wins just – had to just win just one game, but they would have had to beat a pretty good team that – would have just won the West semifinal. So they're going to be coming in, having played playoff football for a long time, essentially. Whereas Hamilton's just been sitting there for the last month, more than that, because they've known for a long time, basically that they were going to win the East finish first in the East, I should say. And, uh, and, and that, that part is going to be interesting to me to see how it plays out in the end. But, um, you know, that these West division playoffs, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Saskatchewan, any, you know, I think Winni- I think Saskatchewan and Calgary obviously would be have a little more uh, odds-on favoritism to win, but uh, as we saw last week, Winnipeg uh, can get the job done as well. So it's going to be it's going to be great wherever they end up.
0: But the big thing is Winnipeg is great at home, and they have struggled yes. a bit more on the road. Now, while they have been close to winning in Regina and Calgary, they haven't won in those spots. So I, I'm the the most likely scenario is Saskatchewan is one, Calgary is two, and Winnipeg is three. Yeah. And if yeah. that happens, who would be your Grey Cup pick out of the West?
1: Uh, I I still think Calgary <laughs> because Calgary has owned Saskatchewan. I mean, not owned, but has won against Saskatchewan this year. And I I mean, Winnipeg hasn't won a meaningful game in Calgary since I think two thousand two, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much, where there was where there was something on the line, or yeah,
0: the last you know, two and, th- in recent years for both teams to have something on the line, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been they've won five times total since 1990 in Calgary, yeah, so, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. So I mean, I mean, really, the the, the 2007 Bomber and 2007 Calgary Capers team don't really have any impact on this this year's West semifinal, which is what it looks like. It's going to be Winnipeg at uh, Calgary, but I mean, Zach Kalaros, I mean, but he just beat them. So,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I mean that, that was a, that was a legitimate game over Bo Levi Mitchell that the bombers won. And that does not happen very often. So that that really made me take notice and uh, and perk up because I didn't think they had a chance of winning that game with Zach Calaro's playing his first full game in more than a year. So I don't know, but I still think, I mean, with Bo Levi Mitchell in a quarterback league, I'm going to uh, I'm going to keep saying his name until
0: he proves me wrong. Well, Kirk, I appreciate your time as always, and we'll check in as we get closer to the Grey Cup.
1: Sounds good, my friend. Have a great night.
0: Time to check in on the mGHL with director of League operations Kevin Sureettet and Kevin looking at the standings portage they were at the top for the first while but they've fallen from their perch. what happened?
3: Well, I just think they've had a had a had a rough patch they've they've lost a few games in a row which is you know normally uncharacteristic of them so that's seen them slip in the rankings and and I think it's just a testament to the league that that they're obviously every team's very competitive and and wants to be at the top. And if uh, if you look at our standings right now, you know the Wayways Capital Wolverines are are actually in first place. And and uh, you know there's only I think six points separating one through seven in the league. And and re- right now it's anyone's it's anyone's game, and it's really, been really fun to watch any team being able to win on any given night, which from a league standpoint and, and a development environment and um, it's, it's a positive for, for everyone involved and it. It creates a, you know, great development for the players and, and, and the coaches as well as they have to be prepared and, and get their players, you know, prepared every single night. Cause there's not an easy game.
0: it has gotta be nice to have that kind of parity across the league. It is. It's great. The last thing you want to see is, is
3: a team winning 20 games in a row and 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 a big separation in standings that's that's not great. It's obviously good for the team that's winning, but I think um to have a league with with this kind of parity which which we've seen over the last number of years it it really shows that teams are working hard and and doing what's necessary and they take a lot of pride in in every game every night and and like I said it just creates a an amazing development opportunity for the players and for the coaches and and everyone involved.
0: So the Pistons are number one in the power rankings. What is the formula used to decide power rankings and how much do the teams actually look at those?
3: I think they look at them, it's more of a, it's obviously an official thing that comes from the league, but it's just, it's just based on week to week. So it's, it's obviously not going to be the exact same of what the actual league standings are. It's more of just a fun way to, to get information about there from each team and, and and an update on, on what they did last week versus the week before and, and compared to other teams across the league. But I think for the fans and the teams as well, as they, they take a keen interest in in where they're ranked and, and overall, I think uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who does them, but overall I think they, they do a great job and, and it's a neat promotion aspect for
0: the league. It's, and one of the interesting things about Steinbach right now, third in the league, they've only played 13 games and some of the games played are a little imbalanced. You have Verdon that's played 18, but they're tied for last in goals with 40, but they've only allowed 31 goals in 13 games, which is crazy. Uh, amazing how defensively sound that team is.
3: Yeah, no, you know what? I haven't even uh, looked at those stats. So that's, that is very interesting. It's obviously they uh, take a lot of pride in team defense and and staying out of the box and a strong penalty kill and and that's a great thing. And it's they have some some big players on their team that I think have have yet to find their stride. So you know that's a dangerous combination. Especially the fact that they're still able to win those close games is is an important stat. And and obviously I'm it's something that they be pretty happy boat.
0: Whenever I'm looking at the stats, I just kind of try to find something that jumps out. And just the first page of the leaderboard in terms of points, you know, it shows 20 players, one defenseman on that list. And that is Drake Bergen, who has 17 points, 14 assists in 15 games for Winkler. Uh, What does that say about a player that they can be able to put up that amount of points this quickly in the season from the defensive position?
3: Well, I think it says a lot. I think he's a, he's a very good player. He's a high-end prospect in our league, and and he's a guy that just keeps getting better and better. And, and I'm sure he's, well, I've seen the, a lot of games for them, and I know he's a big part of their power play, and and he plays a lot of minutes, and, and they're well-earned minutes. So it, it's great to see. And oh, the other thing, too, is I like when you look at our top 20 scorers, is, is only six of them are 20-year-olds which is interesting, I mean perennially, those are usually your top guys, but you see you know a sixteen year old in there seventeen year olds lots of eighteen year olds and nineteen year olds so it's really showing that the younger players are taking a bigger role in our league and and it's exciting to see you know the young talent coming in and not not only you know playing in the league and but um You know, leading the way for their teams, and it's just a neat another stat that it's that the leaderboard's not dominated by twenty year olds.
0: Anything else going on league right now? Are you kind of just really settling into things right here?
3: Yeah, we're you know we're just settling into you know the main push of the season before Christmas, and I guess as a side note, our, our next major showcase event is in January. It's the joint showcase with the SJHL that. This will be the third year that we've held this showcase. It's in Regina. Um, And right now we're in the process of, of, you know, the early process of coach selection and and player selection. and um, So that's more of an internal thing. But that's an event that has grown uh, big time over the last few years. It's essentially we'll send the top 60 kids from the MJHL to play games against the top 60 kids from the sjhl and and it's heavily heavily attended by, by scouts from all levels so that's more of, of what's coming up in the next few months but but generally we're just settling into the season and, and enjoying the good hockey that's being played
0: all right kevin i appreciate your time tonight as always and enjoy the hockey perfect
3: thanks for having me and we'll talk soon
0: Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast, please. Subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?